respect the process, the post semifinal edition, mm. the exit interview mm. edition. And I want to start off with the uh, I wish I wasn't here. I was actually in the car headed to Houston edition. I mean, Nothing that's the personal. Thing. Has anybody ever really wanted to go to Houston that badly except uh, for. Yeah. The Apollo 11 astronauts trying to get home. Yeah. But Houston, I mean, I got the, a problem. I guess that wasn't where they were landing, but you know what I mean. Um, I, I look. It's it's disappointing, obviously. Yeah. It's easy to take. It, the further you get away from it, the easier it is to take a thirty thousand foot view. Yeah. And and understand and appreciate how far they came. Right. Yeah. Uh, and that was still stinks. Coach Saban has said is talking about the receipt for what they accomplished this season. Yeah. Is he tr- and I, I get that. I get that you are trying to show this team that, listen, you, you exceeded a lot of expectations sure. from what people um, had put on you at many points throughout the season. Mm-hmm. Um, but I want to talk about something that's, that's it's pretty topical, I think, in terms of right now. Obviously, the transfer portal. Right. Coach Saban has done his interviews or exit, whatever you want to call them, meetings yeah. with, with players. Um, senior center Seth McLaughlin, mm-hmm. who has probably been talked about more as a center than I don't think. I, I would go to any, any center yeah. playing in a Power Five conference. Uh-huh. It is, uh, there are a lot of conflicting feelings. When, when I got that information, I had a lot of different feelings about it. Um, yeah. I, first of all, I wondered, did he meet with Coach Saban for his meeting and then make the decision? Do you have any idea? I think so. I don't or make know the announcement, big, I guess I, I should yeah, say. I'm speculating because I don't know definitively. Yeah. And I'm, I always try to be honest about that. You know, there are things that I know and sometimes I can't say. But yeah. most of the time, frankly, you know, I'm not. Coach has got enough going on. It's not like I'm in his office or sitting outside yeah. of his office waiting to get right. feedback on stuff. Most of the time, when you hear me say something, I try to, again, I try to be honest about it. It's, it's my own spin, my own speculation well, as absolutely. to what's going on. And with this, I would, I would be a little surprised if there had not been a meeting before he came out and said definitively, do you have an idea of what you want to do? I'm sure he did. But I'm sure it's after a conversation with a coach that he made up his mind to do this. Because you reflect on his performance throughout the season, and it's just been so 30-some-odd bad snaps. Yeah. In the Seemingly game all at critical times yeah. in the games. And they, he's a smart guy. Oh, he's brilliant. Finance Great major, guy, yeah. good kid. You I can wa- attest to that. You wanted Great to cheer kid. for him. You want, sure. and, and part of it, you know, I was telling someone today is part of it. I'm a mom. And so I'm like, oh my gosh, was he bullied into this? Did he feel like, because for four years he's bled crimson. Yeah. And you, I, I know he feels like he has let people down throughout the season. I have to believe that. Well, it, it's very tough when you have a failure on the biggest stage. Yes. And look, Bama probably doesn't get where they where they are without him. Right, absolutely, without question. But at the same time, you know, there were multiple bad snaps in the game, including on the final play 
And but again, it's people's reaction initially. You know, I'm, the the first night while there was a little bit of talk about the snap, most people are just blaming Jalen. What's he doing running it right in the right in the back? And then when it's broken down for you by people that really know what they're looking at, and mm -hmm. I mean coaches, I mean former players, people that are truly have been there and understand. Well, he ran in the middle because the middle came to him. Yeah. I mean, the middle got knocked back into him. The snap was low so that he's not able to have his eyes up so he can see up, right. where he's supposed to go left. In fact, the snap took him as far away from where he needed to look right. as it could possibly take him without it going over his head. And so that that busted everything up. You know, I heard terrible play call. Well, we never got to see the play mm -hmm. because of of where the snap went. But also, as was the case um, against Auburn, when Seth got blown up about mm -hmm. terrible snap, well, he's hearing a clap. You know, how yeah. can you snap it then? Well, because you go off of a clap, and there was a clap mm -hmm. before he snapped the football. Right. And as Coach Saban said, it wasn't the Auburn guy, in his opinion, trying to throw him off. It was the Auburn guy trying to get the attention of one of his players. So whatever the reason, there was poor execution. Mm -hmm. And with him transferring, it's it's understandable. You know, you got an opportunity. There's, also, there's multiple things at play. There's that. Is he running from something? No. I don't think that's it at all. But at the same time, you've gotten your four years. You've gotten your degree. You got one year left. You got a chance for a fresh start. Man, I've always wondered what it'd be like in Columbus, Ohio. Right. Or what it'd be like there. You get a chance to do that, and you only get one chance yep. to be this. You know, we've mm -hmm. discussed this. We've got kids roughly the same age, and I've got – a daughter who just graduated college who's got an opportunity and chose to go live in London for the last several months, and she's going to do so through the spring um, and get her grad degree online while she's doing it. Yeah. And everybody says, man, you got to do it now because you do it while you're young. You do it while you got an opportunity. That's really what these guys have now with the transfer portal, and all that that they've never had before. In the past, if you wanted to go try somewhere else, it was two years. Well, now it's, I'm gone. I can go play. I don't have to go through just a year of practice. I can go play somewhere else. Yeah. Somebody needs me, and oh, by the way, they may offer me some cash on the front end. That's just what the rules are now. That's, that's where it's available. Is it over the top? Probably. I'm talking about in general. Yeah. Not in Seth's case, but over... In general, yeah, it's over the top. And it's probably not what the rule was intended to be, but it's what it is. And there are opportunities there, and I can't blame a kid for doing that, especially when um, you have negativity surrounding whether it's deserved or not. It, was Saban too loyal to him to keep him – at that position, I, I, I look because we're talking about the same yeah. coach that switched quarterbacks at halftime uh, at a national championship game. But a coach who also had been—I'm not going to say pressured—but who had a lot of people in his ear who were paid to be in his ear and share their opinions, 
that wanted to see Tua before they saw him. Mm-hmm. Now, as I said many times, and I'll just go because that's the most glaring example. We saw on second and 26 why everybody wanted to see Tua. Mm-hmm. We also saw on first and 10 the previous play why Coach Saban was hesitant to play him. We also saw on the final touchdown of regulation why he was hesitant to play him. Because that touchdown pass that was was caught, was it Judy that caught the pass? Maybe it was one of the, one of the receivers. Catches a pass. It wasn't intended for him. It was intended for Najee Harris, and I think it was behind him. And it was caught by a receiver instead. It worked out even though it wasn't really what was run. And don't get me wrong, Tua was, is, phenomenal talent. Phenomenal athlete that opens up things that other guys can't. But there were also, especially at that stage of his career, mistakes that Nick Saban thought could be lethal to your team or were more mistakes that would put you in a more precarious position than... Jalen Milrose mistakes. And even though there was more upside with Tua, mm-hmm. there was steadiness with Jalen at that, that time. It, yeah. And so th- I know I'm long-winded, oh, no, but no, that's no, kind of no. what we've got a format for with like this. He stuck with Jalen as long as he could. Oh, I'm talking <laughs> about, but now I'm talking about yeah, with, with it, Seth. But with yeah. Seth, I don't think there's not a Tua behind him. There's not a water? clear go. We can, we can do that in a okay. second. Yeah. I'll do it. That's the beauty of this, too. I, I can walk wherever I want to. There's not a... Um, because a lot of people said, is there no one else that can go... Or why aren't we going under center necessarily instead of the shotgun? Is there no one else behind Seth that could get this going? And I am and, fully of the belief that on everything that they actually look at, mm-hmm. they being the coaches and all that, Everything they look at. Is that if, the water boy? It's right. He is so Here good. Go look at him. If uh, Bobby Boucher. Unbel- <laughs> Bobby Boucher. There he Oh, my gosh. Look at that handoff. That it's seamless. Fantastic. Please don't edit that out either. No, and I mean, that needs that to be good. a part of this, of this broadcast. Product placement oh as well. Oh, my gosh. Uh, you know, if there but, was a better option, we'd have yeah. it. That's why, you know, and I hear this all the time from quarterbacks and look we're oh, all yeah. we all do that myself included however um there's a guy in charge who's considered to be the best in the history of the game mm-hmm. at making those decisions oh i know and, we, and he would have had no problem saying we got to get another option in there and if he, he thought and, there and was he a would own one. it i mean that's the thing about uh, coach would. saban owns his decisions and he stands by them or uh, He'll even take the fall yeah. for others on occasion. And I just, that was one thing that uh, that I had heard speculation of is, is Saban too loyal to a fault? Is this part of him, the the softening of Nick Saban, where he feels loyalty to his upperclassmen? Man, this and, is, don't, don't tell me, not you, but yeah. in general, don't tell me he's gotten soft or whatever. Yeah. People, people spin things for their own argument. I mean, this is... Would you have said Nick Saban was soft in his first year at Alabama? No. Of course not. But you know what Nick Saban did? He kind of went against his own 
uh, I'm not going to say better judgment, but against his own gut reaction and let DJ Hall play on senior day because he knew it was the kid's senior day. And even though he hadn't brought the kid in and the kid had put up big numbers, kid had family there, and he gave him a chance to play, went through the senior day ceremonies, and I don't think he played in the first half, but he played in the second. So, again, that was 17 years ago. That was on the front end of what's been the greatest 17-year stretch for any coach in college football mm-hmm. history. It, people, people love to pick and pulse extract something to fit their own narrative. And mm-hmm. if you want to say he's gotten softer, that's a that's an inaccurate word, but you can find things to help back that up. The man has, has a softer side than he did when he got here. Yeah. That doesn't mean he's soft by any stretch. Well, uh, let's let's we'll get back. Let's, I'm soft. I can't no, quit stop coughing. Stop it. Sorry. My gosh. Well, you've been on an airplane, you're out in California. Mhm. They have things in California. They, they've got lots of stuff out there. Uh, but you said it was a good trip, except for, you know, oh, it's kind of like you know, the Link, final, Lincoln going to the theater. It's yeah, great. Other except than that, for, yeah. Other than that, Mrs. Lincoln, it was a great place. Yeah. I thought it was, a, it was a wonderful experience. I had a wonderful time. The stadium, is, the stadium itself is nothing special. It's the landscape around it. Right. Oh, yeah. You know, you, you, can't, you can't replicate that. Um, there's the a stadium's reason it's not. called the, everything yeah. is around. Everything around it's great. People it's, were really nice that I encountered, and I'm not just talking about, you know, in the where they're paid to cater to you. Yeah, in I mean, the media yeah, areas those, yeah. stuff. I, I'm talking about everybody that I dealt with was just fine. Um, it was a really cool opportunity. I'd never been to Pasadena before. We talked about that last week. I'd never been to the stadium getting to go the day before and look around and see it. And it was, it was kind of interesting. It was, it was a pretty day, but it wasn't what January 1st was yeah. when I went the previous day. It was almost like they flipped the switch and said, all right, we got the sound stage We're going to turn ready. the lights up now. And, we're we're gonna... turn, and it was, as I said on the radio broadcast, it was, it was a day where God was just showing off. Yeah. It was early. It was low 60s. Uh, there were a few clouds that were, again, the master painter painted on there had, just had just thrown those in for a little Bob uh, Ross had come in and just a little bit the ultimate Bob Ross had come in and fixed it and it was it was gorgeous and if that scoreboard had just continued to read 20 to 13 when it was all zeros up there yeah. it would have been perfect it, this was not the way I think Alabama thought they were going to lose the game I, I don't the ending just was not the narrative they they did not uh, I'm I'm just Alabama fans did not see Michigan playing with the heart that they did and I think at times it felt like Michigan did want it more and was a little bit more prepared. Well, I don't I don't know that I would agree with that. Okay, go ahead. Here's here's what I will say that was much different that I saw, not saying you're wrong, but what I saw in my feeling you was, were there. it was different. Yeah. It, it was different, but here was the difference. Michigan was far faster than I anticipated them being. That def- I think from the first play. <clears throat> Bama, Bama is slower than they've been. Mm-hmm. Not slow, but slower than they've been with the bigs. Yeah. The bigs have always been big but fast 
during the best time. The bigs were big and not as fast yeah. this year. And the, the pretty bigs for Michigan were pretty big, very tough, front seven and very was... fast. They were quick. They were fast. Uh, they had better speed. Quarterback Corum was fast, but McCarthy was quicker, yeah. faster, uh, which allowed him to be better than I anticipated. That part was very interesting to watch, and that was the difference yeah. to me. It, it's not that they were. It's not that they were any more skilled. It was not that they were any any better technique. Certainly weren't out coached. There was there was not enough of a speed differential, and shockingly to me, if there was a difference in speed between the two, it favored Michigan. Absolutely, it didn't, it didn't balance. They were quicker in some key spots. Well, and then to watch JJ McCarthy had all day back there. We gave him a lot of time. Um, and one interesting one interesting thing I actually heard Coach Saban say just today was that. One of the differences was Alabama had not played a team that huddled. And they did some. And that changed a lot of – that was the first time that they had played a team that they could not immediately read the formations. Yeah. And to have the huddle come out because that is not something that is it, – it's scripted. That's, yeah. what, that's, the way we, that's the way the SEC plays – Right, their games. It, the tradition. It's funny the the stuff that we used to take for granted because it was traditional was what you did every time. Yeah. When all of a sudden you see it, it's yeah, it, it's odd, and yeah. you're like, and that was part of why with four and a half minutes to go and you got the lead, you felt pretty good because they hadn't really shown that the ability to go with urgency and. But that last four minutes, I, I don't know that any Alabama fan felt good for the last four forty one of that game. You know, there were two, with all that being said, and I think they deserve all, all the credit in the world, they were terrific, but there were two things that showed just how razor thin the margin is in winning and losing, two plays. There was the pass that he completed that actually got deflected at the line of scrimmage. I mean, um, barely yep. tipped, mm -hmm. yep. but it didn't throw it off its path. It didn't slow it down. Right. Uh, it didn't change the path dramatically. If it gets batted straight up in the air, there's a good chance for a pick. That was McCarthy, right? Was it Braswell who got that? I think Braswell he got, got He got just a tip I on mean, it. Yeah. A nail. Oh, barely, yes. But also, if he doesn't deflect that, I'm not so sure that pass doesn't airmail the receiver and Caleb Downs and take it the other way for a touchdown. I thought it was going to get picked. Now, yeah. granted, he's behind the play. But the way the guy jumped, the mm -hmm. receiver, is I'm doing the play-by-play -play live. I'm thinking, oh, wow, we got one. Right. But it was – it just threw it off enough. And the other is obviously with a minute to go, you punt the football away. Got a, back, a guy back there that's supposed to be, I guess, more sure-handed, but had not returned one, and he drops it. And, Kelly, I mean, you saw the replay just like I did. That thing is is rolling end over mm -hmm. end, and if it goes one more bounce like the previous two or three that it had taken, that ball's recovered in the end yeah. zone, and the hit's going to 
knock him down. The contact's going to take place being yelled in at the my end house. zone. Yes, that's right. But it wasn't. They got the call right. right. But instead of that thing turning like this and going over, it hit like that and checked up and goes straight up in the air. And that's why the guy, when he possesses the football, is in play rather than possessing it mm-hmm. on the goal line, which is a safety, right, or all the way in the end zone. So those were the two. Those were two things right there. I mean the slimmest of margins there were difference that all being said michigan can take a hundred plays the same way i'm sure Mm -hmm. um i'll tell you something else i didn't expect tex max was not the same as we have we consider it here no okay queso was nothing special It's, it's really okay um Alabama very easily could have won the national championship this year mm-hmm. with everything they've overcome. Mm-hmm. I don't know how you determine it other than just playing it on the field and, and, you know, if you did the computer stuff, all that, and you put everything in. I think this team may have maxed out. I think Washington, I'll, I'll put it this way. I certainly believe we could have won the national championship. It would have been great to go to Houston, really with, as I had said, I was pulling for Washington because it's going to open up more tickets. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But Not that it's going to be an empty place, but you're competing against Washington money as opposed to... Drivable Alabama money, yeah. And um, oil money for Texas. If Texas wins, it's going to be tough to get tickets if you're a Bama fan Mm -hmm. for that with everything that was going to be involved cost-wise. Absolutely could have won. But I could make such a case for Michigan being clearly the best team. Mm-hmm. I could make a case for Washington. I could make a case for Texas. Um, and, yeah, Georgia as well. I'll take my chances with this Alabama group and, and coaching staff and players, everybody, go to battle with them any day and w- would have no problem with it. But this is not one of those that I go, man, we should have won it all. Yeah. You know, the kick six year, that's one we should have won it all. Uh, the Clemson loss when you have it literally come down to the final play, mm-hmm. um, that stings. There are, uh, just like I'm sure Georgia will always do with uh, Tua in 26, As close as we were, very, very proud of what this team did and very respectful of who the competitors were yeah. that were all there. I'm not, I wouldn't go so far as to say, oh, if it's a given, we win, because I can't do that. There have been years where I could. Yeah. This is not one of those. Well, you know, in baseball, I always I like to relate things back to baseball because that makes sense to me. But, you know, in baseball, what I've found is you want a wild card team. It's a wild card team that's going to make a run into the postseason because they have a little bit of magic on their side. And you just did not, you felt like maybe the magic had worn out. As you said, after the Auburn game with fourth and 31, after the Georgia game, they had a month, but I, I, I agree with you that 
that sometimes you have too much time off and i don't yeah, know that I that I that didn't that factor was, yeah i don't think that was the that case was not the face that, yeah exactly I, I, that's my point yeah, is that no, exactly. you can have that happen but i don't think that was the issue um I, if anything i think bama needed especially with jace mcclellan a chance to get fully healthy and rested yeah. i think you had i think you had at season's end five teams that were all capable of winning the whole thing yeah which is why when it goes to 12 next year that part of it's going to be fun sadly because of what you're seeing with the opt-outs you're going to have a bunch of other bowl games that i'm afraid look like georgia florida state did Our bowl rather game. than yeah. rather than the playoff games where you had an overtime game and a final play of the game finish I mean, you couldn't have asked for a better no. night of football than on january 1st and college game day did i felt like they had a lot of college game days each morning but one of the mornings when i was watching you had kirk herbstreet saying that he believes that the bowl system is about to become irrelevant that with the bowls outside of the playoffs yeah. that it's becoming a it, and, and it is kind of a glorified exhibition coach saban said that years ago yeah well, he said, this is where we're, we're heading, and he was right on the nose with it. I've said it for years. I feel about the bowl games. My perspective's different now. Um, I get a chance to broadcast for one of the most iconic brands in college athletics. Right. One that right now is a contender every year for the biggest prize in college athletics, the College Football National Championship. But I have also had a chance to experience the things that a lot of people consider to be throwaways. I've talked about it before. My first game was an Alabama-Arkansas State game in 1980, I believe it was, 81 maybe. Um, little kid, the ticket that people complain about that game now, the one before the Iron Bowl. Mm -hmm. That was my first one to go to. Yeah. There's a lot of kids. There's a lot of people right. yeah. who never Absolutely. get a chance to see an Alabama game without that. My bowl experience used to be the original Hall of Fame Bowl, which became the mm -hmm. All-American Bowl, yep. and now, because of its location, the Birmingham Bowl. I know most people don't care about that, but if you're just a kid and you love college football, you're getting that experience which allows you to become a big-time fan later on. There are kids. Here, here's another part of that for the players. If you are into the team thing and you're not going to be a NFL player or pro or something else, which, which is the, the majority. The other 97%. The majority, yes. You're absolutely right. It is the majority. I have traveled with teams at, at different levels, 1AA in the old days as well as Alabama. It's pretty much the same. For football, regular road game, you're on the plane if you're yeah. fortunate. You land at the airport. Buses are there. You get off the, the plane, get straight onto the buses. You go straight to the team hotel, or you go to the stadium and walk around. Then you're at the hotel. Meetings within the hotel. Meals in the hotel. The day of the game, bus to the stadium, game ends, stadium back to the airport, done. It's bam, 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 bam. Everything's mm -hmm. regimented. It's very sterile. It's no it's, different. Yeah. Other than getting on the airplane, it is literally no different than a home game weekend. 
Mm-hmm. Okay. So it's all, you're not making trips. Basketball, you got a two or three game event that you're playing in Destin or the Bahamas or St. Thomas or Maui, like I've had the privilege of doing. You got some downtime. You're getting to see some things, explore some things. There's only one game for football, one, mm-hmm. all year where those kids get a chance to see and experience things as a team, as a group, on the road, outside of the games themselves. It's a bowl trip. Yeah. Even Alabama at the Rose Bowl got to do some things beyond football as a team where they had a certain amount of time at night before they had to be in for curfew. They could be college kids and enjoy that. It's the only chance they get to do it. So you can talk about, and most people do, well, it doesn't mean anything. It doesn't mean anything to you. But for the ones that invest their time, energy, and efforts, those are some things and experiences for some, not all, but for some, they'll remember more than anything else the rest of their lives. Absolutely, and people will talk. I mean, people still, you know, were you on the team that went to blah, 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 or were you on the team that went and played Mm -hmm. this? They get a ring. It's a it's a big deal, and I, I get it. It means something. Uh, but obviously people above our pay grade will be making those decisions. But it, it will be an interesting debate as we move forward, especially into next year when we have uh, the playoff system in place and we have the 12 teams and then you see, you know, 13 through 20, not even 20, 13 through 57 who go, who's goes and plays there. I mean, and I know it also is an impact, an economic in, impact in a lot of cities too, when you have tourism and people coming in. Um, we, we talk all off season about how ready we are for the season to get here. There is nothing wrong with an additional game. No, I'm, there's nothing wrong with it. I think you, I think it should be a reward. I think there should be some minimum standards for it. That's why, you know, 500 record, fine. Uh, sub 500 and there are not enough eligible teams, let's, let's start looking at, you know, graduation rates or stuff like that. That's fine as well, you know, to pull your, for your pool of yeah. teams that are five and seven. If not for all the, for all of the ones that did, weren't eligible, Jacksonville State and who was the other one that was in the mix for a long time? Um, oh gosh! Don't you're 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 making me think. Not you coastal, me, not coastal Carolina. You told me I wasn't gonna have to think today. No, but the other team that was was right there and was undefeated for about ten weeks, and they had to appeal. Not James Madison. James Madison. Okay. Thank you. The two, those are the two programs that it almost took an act of Congress for them to get into a bowl game this year, and they did, and it was great. It didn't hurt anything. Mm-hmm. James Madison may not have been able to go. I still can't remember. Yeah, they did. They did. Okay. They got beat, but they did. But it, they went. But they went. You know, what What the heck does that hurt? We got two better teams in. They didn't bump anybody else out that would have been worthy. That the, exactly. That. So, we, sometimes we make stuff way much, way more difficult than it needs to be. We overthink, and we're, we're such a knee-jerk. And most of the people that are so opinion on that stuff, it doesn't impact them one bit. Uh, it, the complaint about the, the games the week between a conference game and the Iron Bowl for Alabama mm-hmm. or for Auburn for that matter. You don't want to watch? Don't watch. You don't want to go? 
don't go. Give your tickets to somebody else or go do something else. You don't have to watch. There are other games on. There are better games on. That's fine. But just because it doesn't fit your narrative doesn't mean that the other side's wrong. Yeah. So <clears throat> moving on from this game, already now we're talking about going into the offseason. And, you know, revenge does not seem to be how this is going to be positioned, how this team is going to respond, how they're going to move into the 2024 season. It's it's going to be an interesting message to see where, mm. because you, you get some guys back. Right. You're going to see a lot of new faces. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, obviously we've had, I forget the number of guys that did an, uh, enter the transfer portal. A couple of the guys that we knew would declare for the draft are moving on to the draft. Um, but I will be interested to see come spring and summer how this team shows, uh, and I guess because they're going to mature, it's going to be it's it's going to be um, a different message than we've seen them in the past couple of years. For the guys that are back that were experiencing this this year, you're right, and I think they're going to be quite a few. The part that that I think changes so much is that the rosters change so dramatically. Right. And it's why I don't think you get the emotion and I don't think you're able to pull on, gosh, we were so close. Now, some yeah. rosters you can. Yeah. Some rosters Michigan, for be example, that because that they had so many guys coming back that had been, that had lost to TCU last year. They'd lost each of the last two years in the semifinals, right. had they not? So You had so many they, upperclassmen that had played together yeah. and, did, and felt they uh, – not to Michigan's credit, but they had a lot of things stacked against them this year. Their head coach not being able to coach them for the first three games of the season. Then the allegations of cheating, having lost the past two years in the semifinals. This was a team that did have motivation sure. and it had kind of a, you know, this is the revenge tour 2023. And it's why still there are a ton of people that will be pulling for Washington against them. Yeah. Um, I just think now more than ever, especially at the elite places with the portal, with the opportunity for the best players. And it's not like it's brand new, but there are more and more who are opting to go into the draft, it seems, after their junior year yeah. when eligible. I, I think every year is going to be such a fresh roster and a new look to teams yeah. that it's, it's going to be very seldom that you have enough back, that it's a true, all right, let's go get it one more time. Yeah. I, I think it's can for the, for the ones that are returning, but it, it's not this, they're not going to be there in the greatest numbers. Yeah. You know, I think of Alabama basketball. I know we're talking different sports, but there are similarities. This team had a ton of young guys that were a part of them going to the Sweet 16 uh, winning an SEC regular season and tournament title and the most wins in school history. And you talk about the fact there's only three or four guys back, okay, and those are your veterans on the roster. Everybody else is nine new – they got nine new faces. However, they're well, all seniors and – Yes, yeah. most of them are. Yeah. And the guys that are coming back, every one of them, they're one year that they'd been on campus. Mm-hmm. So – yeah, they're your veterans on campus, but they're not 
reflecting on more than 12 months of memory yeah. there on campus as well because they, they're still relatively new. They wouldn't be considered veterans on your roster any other time practically. But they're the, the only ones yeah. that know where stuff is right now because they're the ones that have been there before. I, I just think this is more and more going to be the case where there are so many new faces that it's going to be tough to truly build and sustain momentum from one year to yeah. the next. I mean, you can't have similar success or more success, but it's not the traditional way. The days of what we grew up watching of guys four and five years yeah. at one place, even ex- remember prior- two years ago when yeah, we no, the good old days. yeah. But it, Seth, we, we started this program talking about even guys like Seth McLaughlin. You know, academically everything right yeah football wise starter ordinarily people would be thrilled that a guy's coming back but because of what the narrative was in the last for the year but especially the last ball game if i'm him am i coming back to the place even though it's been good to me and you know that the the vocal minority is not who you really should listen to but it's kind of hard not to yeah um fresh start one year Go try something else. That that's happening more often than not among the guys. And because what you have are the guys that were great and have options, and the guys that thought they were going to be great, yeah, and now are going to go somewhere else because they want a fresh start for yep. a whole different reason. Speaking of the portal, guys staying, guys leaving. Uh, this morning on on uh, next round, it, Lance was still saying that, you know, I still think Coach Saban is going to leave. Heard that. Retire after this. You know, the, not right now. We're not going to get word on that right now. This morning on Pat McAfee, he's laughed at it, saying that, no, I'm, I'm still planning on coming back. I, I, your thoughts I think on he's Nick back. Saban coming back? I think yes. he's back. I've seen nothing to indicate that he's ready to walk away. Yeah. Um, the day will come it does for everybody but i don't think that what happened this year i i would have if we'd won it all maybe if we if we'd only won nine maybe man the dude still cares about winning the guy still loves to recruit he ain't pulling back on that at all. He enjoys the interaction. I think he needs the interaction of players. I think that's something that he thrives on. He enjoys oh, those relationships. And we heard him say it a ton of times, man, what am I going to do? Yeah. You know, I'm not saying he doesn't have things that he can enjoy. He, I think he enjoys his family more than he has at any time in his life. The fact that and I talked to him on his radio show, the bowl preview show that we did from uh, Los Angeles two nights before the title game. They started the bowl experience. They had practice in the morning, and then that afternoon he and some of the players went to Disneyland right, yeah. for a media thing. Yeah, yeah. And he got to go in the parade, had to go in the I parade. I saw him in the parade. Gosh, he in looked the like the happiest guy in the well, happiest place on earth. He told me, he, he told us on the air, he said, you know, I'm sitting there, I got my wife, but had his grandchild too. I saw his granddaughter sitting there, yeah. And he said... The thing that was really cool was seeing so many smiles on so many people's faces. He said, it's kind of hard not to be happy there. And I know there are things that 
that can come across as forced and there I know that there's a lot of him chomping at the bit he'd rather be breaking down film or I I get that but it doesn't mean that he can't appreciate things in the moment themselves yeah. and getting to be getting to be with family and experience that that's the kind of thing I'm not going to say he never would have allowed himself to do before but he never would have admitted I don't think the enjoyment that he did get out of it. Yeah. And I can tell when it's, you can tell when it's genuine and you can tell when, when you're kind of given a company line, that was genuine. He enjoyed yeah. being with his family. Now, that could have been only for about five minutes and he was ready to move on. Yeah. So be it. How many times have we done things with family, including kids <laughs> that like, you go, wrap it up. Yeah. You know, we've, uh... Come on. Um, I get it. And he's just in one of those spots where any and everything he does is under the microscope, spotlight, that all to be said. I think when Alabama opens up its season next year, yeah. he will be the head football coach. Yeah, I think until he tells you to change the name of the show that you do after the game, then that'll be a good indication that he's not coming back. And it'll never be the Chris Stewart show. No, but and I, and I agree, uh, you know, this morning when Ryan and um, Jim were talking about, there will be a well-placed succession plan that is... When I think he, so. When he makes the decision, I don't think it's going to be a spur of the well, moment. He surprises everybody. I agree. But here, here's the stuff to watch as well and why this has been so good for so long. As great as Nick Saban is, the reason Alabama has been what Alabama has been is because you've had for 17 years a football coach, an AD, and a president that we're all in lockstep. Yeah, absolutely. You've got to have you can have a you can have a great season with just one of those and it's obviously got to be the football coach. But if you're going to sustain greatness over any period of time, yeah. You better have all three because president's office can absolutely blow up what you're doing in athletics. An athletic director that's in over his head or doesn't have a clue can screw up football and mess up your relationship with the president's office. Um, you can have a president and AD that are good, but want to have their own. Uh, they want the glory. They want it yeah. all on them. Um, and it can totally jack up and run. You can run off a guy. Yep. That's the biggest thing is that, Mal Moore went and hired Nick Saban, handed him the keys, and said, tell me what you need me to do. Yep. And he did it. Um, Bill Battle. And he got Terry on his side, too. He, when got, he, Terry, he got Miss Terry he got on Terry his Terry side. First. Yeah, and that was huge. But Bill Battle, very similar vein. Mm -hmm. And then you brought in the best athletic director in the country who also was smart enough to say, Coach, we're going to give you all the resources in the world mm -hmm. that we can. Uh, my job is to keep you happy and to help you at your direction do what you think we need to do. And that's where they've gone. But also with Stuart Bell the last several years, and it started um, with Bob Witt. Uh, they had another president there briefly. And then Dr. Judy Bonner, who was there for a few years. But the two longest tenured presidents were outstanding. 
uh, I think I said Joab Thomas, that's not right, Bob Witt, I'm sorry, Robert Witt. Joab Thomas was the president at the end of Coach Bryant's run and the one that hired Ray Perkins that a lot of people will tell you, and I wasn't around, so I'm, I'm not making that declaration, but there are those that will say, you know, Dr. Thomas was not the best fit with athletics yeah. at that time. You're giving a good history lesson here. Well, I'm, I'm it learning. is, but they're, they're, they're really important, and I also think they – they factor in, you know, if you, the old thing about, you know, those that don't learn from history are doomed to repeat it. Yeah. You, you better have a plan, but you better have the right people making that decision. Uh, you, you better have a president who understands what athletics can do for your university. What's going to drive athletics, the bus? Athletics can destroy your university mm -hmm. if you're SMU. And you're the pony excess, and yeah. you let the inmates run the asylum, and it's it's a bad situation. Yeah. And that's what they had. They had some bad decision makers. I'm not yeah. going to say bad people because I don't know them, but that's what it tended to look like. It was a mess, mm -hmm. and athletics screwed it up. But you've got to have great people. And as much power as Nick Saban had and has – He's always cared about what's best for the University of Alabama because he knew the stronger the University of Alabama was and is, the stronger his football program is going to be. You know how many recruits they take to basketball? That's, that's why he wants everything on campus to be good because when you bring in – yeah, when we bring in recruits for all these other sports, mm -hmm. I see them on the field on the sidelines yeah. before the games. You know, they're bringing them in – all the coaches love football doing well because that makes those football game day visits oh, huge. Well, it's phenomenal, yeah. the atmosphere. Hey, this is what Alabama athletics is like. Flip it around. They bring guys in for football weekends to recruit. Right. They want to see a good basketball team on the yeah. floor, entertainment. They, they want to see that Alabama's winning in softball. They want to see Bama winning in soccer and baseball and everything else, gymnastics, run through it. Mm -hmm. They want to see Alabama winning and so he supports that he encourages it he helps it he brings kids in football weekends when it, when they've got a difference maker yeah as a recruit for another sport it's asked well in advance it's scheduled at all but Nick Saban will talk with recruits he's had he's had softball recruits in yeah. on a football weekend to talk to him and he doesn't just go hey here's my rings how you doing tell me about yourself he knows. He's given the same info on recruits from other teams that he has for his own recruits. He wants to know about their families because yeah. he recruits them. He's that's good. who he is. He's that's good. who he is. And that's, that's why I'm saying if you're going to be what we've been, you've got to have all three in place, President, AD, and it helps to have the winningest Stability. coach in terms yep. of championships of all time. Okay. So, long story short. That's me. No, my short story long, but go ahead. Nick Saban, sticking around. Uh, you had hoped that you wouldn't be going to Nashville, but and not, nothing against Nashville. You had hoped you'd be going to Houston, but in yeah. fact, uh, Alabama nice basketball 
opens up conference play yeah. against the Commodores on Saturday. Correct. Saturday afternoon. Uh, I was able to see them play last Saturday um, mm-hmm. at the BJCC. It was a lot of fun. Okay. You talk about like an Arkansas State game. Super fun. A lot of kids got to go see Alabama play basketball that may not normally get to go to see a game sure. in Tuscaloosa. We had and not go- as many as we'd hoped. No, but I understand. Was, hey, it, it, was a, it was a good time. It was a good time for those that went. And there will be bigger name opponents in that yeah. game in years to come. There have been hey. in the past. But Liberty's been good. Bama played incredibly well. And here's the encouraging thing just from just for right now. Three of the best games that Alabama played were all losses. Yep. In absolutely. succession. All away from Alab all away from Tuscaloosa. Yeah. In essence on the home floor. Um it wasn't a packed house in Canada, from what I'm told, but you had a ton of Zach Eady fans. You didn't have you didn't have much of an Alabama support there. It was a uh, it was a home game for Purdue. You then go to Creighton. You're playing them in Omaha on their floor, Full and house. you had a yeah. last second shot that rims out or would have put you in overtime. Top ten team, Purdue. By the way, the previous week number one, the right. week you played them number four. The team you finish that road trip with is Arizona. Their only loss at Purdue when Arizona was number one. Now they'd plummeted all the way to number four in the country yeah. when Bama has to play them, not on their home floor, but in Phoenix on the home court for the Suns, overwhelmingly, uh, as you would expect, Wildcat, Wildcat Faith yeah. was, it was their home game, uh, and Bama let it get away in the last seven or eight minutes, but that was a really good ball game for a very mm-hmm. long time. So that being said, you played for all but about maybe – 15 collective minutes in three games as well as you have all season long and you got no wins. It's easy to come back and you're playing Eastern Kentucky and Liberty in front of less than capacity crowds. Yeah, go through the motions. And go or, through yeah. the motions, no. slop around, look bad. Didn't happen. They 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 kept it they, going. They Both took care games. of it. It was fun. We enjoyed watching and them. And now you're going to go into conference play. You're going to start on the road against Vanderbilt who's – uh, I think got a losing record right now. Hasn't looked very good. But they're coming off of a game where they lost, I think, on the road, but I know in overtime to a ranked Memphis team. Yeah. They're dangerous. Um, but you're going to have to play well, but, but you're in the better spot. And you, you've got a chance to win, I think, about four games here to start conference play that you will probably be favored in. Yeah. And if you get those knocked out, now you're sitting at twelve and five, four and zero in the league with twelve to go, or sixteen or fourteen to go. I'm sorry, you're in a good spot. Yeah. Well, I'm looking forward to it. I had Me a lot too. of fun. I had a lot of fun watching them. Uh, look forward to see how they jump into conference play with Vanderbilt, then uh, South Carolina coming up after that. Sure. Um, but we appreciate everybody sticking around. We know it, we usually do it Wednesday. We had to move to Thursday. We did it a little bit later. We appreciate everybody's flexibility with this. Yeah, everybody's great. This is this is a fun team to be a part of, and I mean it sincerely. We've we've been friends with all these people yeah. here at the next round and Double Down Media for a long time. Good so to uh, to be a small part of what they're doing and be a part of their platform, we're thankful for their opportunity and love working with you. Right. And of course, we'll talk. And, and we we're going to chance to visit for thirty minutes, and exactly. if people listen, great. Well, we'll be back again next week with more respect the process, we're moving more into basketball. But obviously, as football comes up, we will continue to talk. Um, about any additional fallout. But thank you for joining us this week. Thank you to Scott Forrester and everybody here at Double Down Media and Disrupt the Media. Double Down Media? Double Down? Double Down. Double Good, Disrupt the Media. 
double next down round. Media. We thank you, everybody, for joining us. We'll see you next week. Take care. Roll Tide.